Today on the show, we have Twitch streamer Brad Woto. Brad, I don't know if you know, this is uh, Nitroid and Days Ahead. Hello. It's the first time we've hey. met, but yeah. I yep. hey. have seen you around on Twitter, probably through retweets from Fingers, yeah. and now I just follow you both. <laughs> yeah, he usually retweets when I complain about something. <laughs> yeah. I just thought you were a meme creator at first. Like an oh, MGS no. meme creator. That's I've got to do something about that. <laughs> Nitroid, meme maker. Yeah. And I feel like that's like like I had just seen you retweeted onto my timeline. And I was like, oh, he must be like an MGS meme guy. That was what I assumed. I don't know why. Well, that's not too far off. Oh, no. Yeah, that's that's sort of the impression I got, that you were uh, very akin in tone to the snake soup. Um and now that I know you, I'd, I feel like that's about two or three degrees away from them. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I know those guys really well. Yeah. Like, I talk to them constantly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I got I to gotta work on my reputation, apparently. That's all right. You can't get a worse rep than me. And I met you on my meme page, so there I don't is. know where we're really at on this. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, I yeah. actually I actually asked Robbie. I was like, hey, this Nitroid guy followed me. Is he cool? <laughs> and he said, yeah, so you're good. Oh, man, I got to get on him later. He missed an opportunity. <laughs> now I'm wondering what that opportunity was. It's like, no, he's a freak. You got to stay away from that guy. Yeah, I would have immediately lied. I would have been making stuff up and be like, that blood-sucking freak. I'm Fingers. Hey everyone, this is Days Ahead. And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima Frequency. On the topic of Twitch, uh, we actually streamed the Game Awards, or us watching and commentating on the Game Awards um, last night. That's dangerous. Yeah, that was... Sorry, I'm just interrupting your podcast here. <laughs> Extremely dangerous, all those DMCAable <laughs> songs. Yeah, that was that was a good time. We just tried to, you know, keep the discussion flowing. Yeah, we just and didn't loud. shut up when songs were happening. So like Eddie Vedder came on and we just I was like, Metal Gear Solid 4 is the best. And then Nitro was just like and it just, uh-huh. you know, naturally kinda went on from there. Yeah. I wonder how many people were actually expecting a remake though last night. Yeah, it's interesting there wasn't anything announced at all. Like I heard a lot of stuff about Metal Gear and uh, Silent Hill. I didn't think much of Silent Hill because I understand that there's a lot of contract issues, right? Yeah. That's why they struggled to remake them. But I think MGS, I heard a load of rumors a few years ago that the cast all got together at Konami and signed something and then they all tweeted like some weird elusive tweets. And so I was like, oh, maybe these are actually real rumors, but I'm not so sure anymore. The marketing has definitely been heavy. That's what kind of, if anything, I'll, I'll, like made me kind of think that something was up because it just seems like everything's coming out lately. All the different, you know, clothesline things, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, it I, just seems kind of hot lately. And I, I guess we did get the the Metal Gear movie announcement just last week. So it's like, or with Oscar Isaac, you know, like as the official first casting. So. Well, that's it, too. Like, there's so much smoke right now from the movie and from right. rumors that, that everyone's looking for a fire. Yeah. And even Jordan tweeted last night, he was like, so, uh, no Metal Gear remake, huh? All right. <laughs> yeah, that was odd. You'd think he would know. 
Right. Like if if they were going to remake Metal Gear, they would definitely be speaking with the movie team about like release and development and times and stuff. For sure. Yeah, they're being coy as shit. I don't appreciate it. Well, that's the thing yeah. too. Sony has the rights to Okay, so this is what I've picked up over the years and from what I understand, Sony has the rights to the movie and they can essentially mm. do whatever they want. They've had those rights for a very long time. Like they they got the option years and years back. Talk of a Metal Gear movie has been that goes back to like God the early two thousands at least. It's crazy that that only now is there actual casting news. So like it there my point here is that I think there's there might actually be a disconnect between whatever Konami's doing, if they're doing anything, and Jordan and his work on the movie like there's not necessarily going to be a relationship there yeah Yeah. like that's just a separate licensing deal if Sony owns it then probably yeah I wonder if they've got like a Kojima clause you know where (laughs) like Sony you're allowed to do whatever you want but you keep that man away from it keep him 100 feet away from set at all times (laughs) yeah he really wanted to get into movies and stuff didn't he yeah. Like he was saying around Death Stranding's release that he wanted to move on to short movie projects and stuff. So By short, he, he means like six hours long. Yeah, short <laughs> for him. Um, I'd be surprised if he wasn't like desperate to get involved, you know, like texting Jordan all night. <laughs> you know, just trying to get in, get in there in some way. I'd be surprised if he didn't have like a cameo or something as well. Oh, I'd yeah. Be, Pretty shocking if he wasn't in it like that. Well, um, didn't they say he's going to have a consulting role? I mean, well, he sort of already does, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I actually have no idea. For a long time, it looked like it was like going back under, especially when COVID happened. It looked like it was kind of like probably going to be a nail in the coffin until I saw a few tweets from Jordan that was like, I am going to make this movie. I don't care. And then, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then they just announced um, Oscar Isaac. And I was like, oh, damn, they really are kind of uh, going for it. And Isaac seems like he's probably going for like an action movie. Um, like he, want, he wants to be the lead in an action movie because that's a really good position to be in, be in for him as a solo guy on screen instead of just constantly being like the foil or the second yeah, you know, or whatever he was in the Star Wars movies. He had a military role in Annihilation too, and he was pretty good in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He had mentioned a couple of years ago wanting to play Snake too. He was just like, "I want to be Solid Snake." When they're, you know, they're asking him like, "What so kind of?" So he's into it, is he? I haven't watched the interview thing. They did like a short one, didn't they? Was it an interview? Yeah, it's one of those like movie press kits for like I don't even remember the movie. It was like some sort sort of sci-fi or horror, right? And he's just sitting there in the middle of the cast, like. I want to play Solid Snake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they asked him, like, if there was any franchise that you would want to, you know, be a part in. He was like, yeah, Metal Gear Solid, that'd be cool. And they're like, who would you want to play? He's like, well, Solid Snake. You know, he's just yeah, like, hey, what, what do you think? Who the fuck <laughs> do you think this is? Otacon. Otacon, yeah. I want to play Sniper Wolf. <laughs> Everybody else on the dock, it's like, what the, what the hell are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> Another hint that he was going to be Solid Snake um, was... There was a complaint he had during the filming of Star Wars that his ass couldn't fit into the X-Wing. So oh. that confirms that he's dummy there thick. There you go. Yeah, yeah. that's all you needed. That's probably what won in the role. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like, 
what to expect from it at all, to be honest. I'm like 50% utterly worried, you know, like anxiety. And 50% kind of like, it really does seem like um, Jordan seems legit into Metal Gear, like properly, you know, not like one of these people that's like, oh yeah, I love Metal Gear Solid. I've played Smash Bros. Um, (laughs) He does seem to be kind of super into it. And I guess if Oscar Isaac is kind of like just out of nowhere expressing interest in a role like that, that's pretty random to say, you know. Like I love Metal Gear, but if you said what role do you want in a movie, my brain wouldn't go to Metal Gear. I'd think of some other random thing. That kind of gives me a little faith, you know, when you know that some of the people on the team really are into it and into the source material kind of. Yeah. Did you ever see the uh, Silent Hill movie, the first one? No. Here's a weird thing. I've never played Silent Hill. Oh, man. I know. Such a good time. Fingers, you need to put that card revoke sound. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I I knew it was coming as well. (laughs) I knew you were going to revoke me. It reminds me a little bit of that because uh, Christopher Gons, the director of that, was an enormous Silent Hill fan. Um, And that's part of what got him the job. Mm. And... You know, it's it, it it hasn't aged too well, and a lot of fans haven't... <sighs> opinions are split on that movie, because he took a lot of liberties with it. He wanted to kind of do something different rather than a straight adaptation. And, right. uh, you know, depending on who you ask, that either worked or didn't. But I'm, I'm curious if that's kind of what's going on here, is that Jordan is going to come in and... And he's not going to do a straight adaptation. It seems very much, very clear by now he's not going to do a straight adaptation. He's going to take the material and run with it in a direction. We just don't know what direction that's going to be. Yeah, he did kind of say that he was going to get a little wobbly with it, didn't he? I think he's, yeah. I think he's probably going to use a lot of the original ideas, but maybe just get wobbly with the timeline and maybe just yeah. you know, bring in some stuff that, that was used over the course of... Uh, you know, I would imagine the the late big boss, early Solid Snake era. Um, Maybe like get a little bit of Metal Gear One. Yeah, yeah. I I would think that's the best way to go. I honestly, if I was doing it, I would just make Metal Gear Solid or Metal Gear Two. Maybe um, same thing. Yeah, same I was about game. To say. Yeah, it's the same game. <laughs> but um, but I would just make that. I think I don't. I think it would get a little too confusing. All you need, you, you can't go crazy with it. You need one Metal Gear. You don't need to overload everyone on who everyone is. You know, you need the reveals like these are genome soldiers and this guy's my twin. What? You know, you need all that stuff. In so there. does that mean Oscar Isaac is going to be fighting Oscar Isaac? I know. I thought I was thinking about him in a blonde wig today and stuff. I'm like, what is he going to look like? You know, they need to because it has to be him. You've got to have all the like classic scenes. You, like Meryl needs to be like liquid. No, you're not. She needs to do that kind of a thing um, for the whole ga- the the whole movie. Then age him and give him an eye patch. Yeah, and then Solidus shows up for no reason. Um, do it. But yeah, I don't know. I think um, I think I'm a little like the other writer. I, I don't know too much about. He did Rise of Skywalker and. Jurassic World, and I'm not, that's not the greatest track record, I guess, depending yeah. on w- what you're into and things. Um, Sony are always flip-floppy with their movies. Sometimes they're, they're good at staying hands-off, which they really need to be for this one, I think. But I'm very concerned that they're going to kind of do that thing where executive producers come in and just obliterate everything with money 
this doesn't appeal to this demographic. It needs to be family friendly. You know, I don't know. Whatever they do, it's horrible. Yeah. And they just ruin Yeah, and you things. can't do that with Metal Gear. No, but I'm I'm concerned that that's what they will do because they'll look at like, they'll be like, what about if we like do a, a thing with Fortnite where we put Solid Snake in Fortnite and then we skew the movie younger <laughs> and we remove all of these scenes. You have this scene of this... Um, this gray fox, which is a ridiculous name, changed that, being crushed by the, uh, the metal gear at the end. Can we remove that scene entirely? It's too bloody. You know, they'll do stuff like that oh. or whatever. Um, so, oh, that's, go that's, ahead. That scares me. I often end sentences with, um... <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about it. Um, so, you know, at the end of MGS1, when you have that, like, stinger call with Ocelot, and he's like, thank you, Mr. President. Mm. I just picture, like, the stinger being visual. But, you know, they show Ocelot calling. And then they, you know, switch scenes in a very subtle way. And you see Oscar Isaac, like, older as the president sitting in the Oval Office. And then that's the, that's the stinger. Yeah. All of that stuff needs to be in it. Um, like, really, this is what I mean. They just need to make Metal Gear Solid yeah. one-to-one. Uh, just remove the gameplay. You got a movie. That's what it is. It's it's a it's literally like a nineties action movie. And if anything, ham that up, I think. Go back. You've just got a bunch of boss encounters. It's just like separate fight. It's basically like a Bruce <laughs> Lee movie. It's just like, all right, fight this guy. Yeah, uh, I mean that this. would work. Fight as this well, group but... of guys too, I guess, over here. Fight a fucking tank. Uh, yeah, dude. Take on a tank with a nade. You know, he needs to go in there and be like, I've only got one nade. You know, like all that stuff makes for really good scenes, I think. But I don't know if they'll do that. And that's the thing. If that's what it is, I'm fucking here for it and I want to see it. Like, oh, cool. yeah, dude. I don't that care if it's deep best. and profound. Like, just give me the popcorn shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's tough God, to God, it's say. not even just like an archetypal 90s action movie, it's like a specific. 90s action movie it's escape from new york <laughs> right yeah it really <laughs> like, is which which they might get uh a little flank for unless they just straight up take a lot of interesting scenes from escape from new york and pay homage to them and stuff which they could kind of do but um i'm i think that they're gonna go with like a more like stealth noir thriller action rather than borderline slapstick 90s action movie like Jean-Claude Van Damme type thing. Um, and it's kind of hard because the game does it so well flipping between the two. But to pick one for a movie because you wouldn't be able to flip very well could be quite difficult, I think. I'm just trying to imagine a scene of Oscar Isaac in a cardboard box that isn't completely like immersion breaking and I can't do Dude, it. That scene is going to be made entirely for one thing and one thing only and it's the trailer. That scene will be, oh, they, will, yeah. they will literally direct it with the trailer in mind. And have that first person view looking through the hole. And that's all it will yeah. be. They'll do the music drop thing. <laughs> They'll do the, the, the classic, like the jazz music stops and then the box moves. And they're like, wait, are you in the box? And then the music kicks back up again and we find out that it's actually like a teen comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I think the box is going to be like how they did the polymorph in Warcraft. Like you're going to see it one time and it's going to really just be for so. a few seconds. But if yeah. you know what it is, if you know, you know, and you're going to appreciate it. Imagine if it was like his whole thing. <laughs> like they centered the entire movie and his whole character around <laughs> the fact that he uses boxes to like get in different vans that are marked for different areas of Shadow Moses. That's like it. 
That's how he gets around. He just does a full stealth run and never has any encounters. <laughs> he's like, good job, You, you never see him. He's like the Mandalorian. He's always inside the box. <laughs> 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 never shows his face. I just have one wish for this movie, and it's probably not going to come true. But if I could just, if I could just push it in one tiny way, please, if you're going to do Metal Gear Rex, just use practical effects, please. I'm begging you. Yeah, it's, no CG. I think it's just do it. I think if uh, make a big ass Stan Winston style <laughs> robot. <laughs> yeah, they'll probably do a, a a bit of both. Like they'll make the cockpit, and they'll make a section of it that moves around. Um. But I, I bet you any money it's CG. They don't have the time, I don't think, and the sets to build this stuff. Or the budget, probably. Yeah, well, a lot of people are really struggling to shoot things on location and stuff at the moment because of COVID. So it's really hard to shoot stuff like that, which is why they're able to bang out the Mandalorian with those virtual sets. Which, honestly, maybe they should do that. Yeah, I was just about to say that that would probably be how they'd be doing a lot of this too, especially the the cockpit scene. <laughs> like exactly. Yeah, I think it'll just look like the the Razor Crest or whatever. It'll look kind of like that. I don't know. I do wonder what the budget is going to be for this thing. Like this is a a big property, but not at the same time it's not enormous in the same way other franchises are. Like it's in this weird sort of quasi state between like you know we don't want to just throw this at a director but we also don't want to like spend a ridiculous amount of money and make this a huge you know like christopher nolan blockbuster like it's somewhere in the middle i have no idea i wouldn't even be able to guess yeah Um, yeah i don't know i actually kind of hope that it's got a smaller budget usually i prefer small budget movies not like complete artsy movies they kind of annoy me a lot of the time but (laughs) <laughs> if they, if it's got a lot of money, then it comes with a lot of oversight, and that's when you get all those demographic executive yeah. producers that terrify me. These strange reptilian people that live underneath LA. Plus, sometimes with limitations, you have art from adversity. Sometimes come out of that. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Kong Skull Island, I mean that that had a pretty big budget. I'd say, like you know, everything looked pretty clean in that. It had a lot of, well, I don't know about a lot, but it had John Goodman in it, so. He'd probably cost yeah, Jurassic World as well. They look pretty decent. Yeah. Um, and so I'd imagine they're using the same teams because they, you know, would, yeah. would be working. It might be just a step underneath that just because of, like, I mean, let's be real. Metal Gear doesn't have anywhere near as, like, big of brand recognition as Jurassic Park or, you know, King Kong or anything. So, no, no, I, I just imagine that they'll probably be using a lot of the same team because they know them. Yeah. But at least they know kind of what they're doing. I, there's no way it's got that much budget, though. The last three things they made were Jurassic World, Star Wars, and Kong, right? I believe so, yeah. Which is Jordan insane. doing the, the Kong versus Godzilla thing, or is that somebody else? No idea. I guess the, the point is that they were clean, so that gives me a little bit of hope for Rex looking good, and I think probably also um, the ninja, you know? He needs to look good. Yeah, I, I said that I think in the first episode of this podcast, like the the camo effects that they did on those like mm. dinosaur things in, in Kong Skull Island, like the way that they did those visual effects. When I first saw it, I was, damn, we were already talking about the Metal Gear movie back then. Like, yeah. I was just like, man, w- imagine Gray Fox, like what he would look like using this kind of visual technique. This would look really clean. Yeah, and then and like the fight in the elevator and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, when they reveal themselves. And like, you're going to get that kind of Captain America in the elevator scene, but 
against. It would be good if the the elevator was like pretty big, but they kept. What I want is, from camo stuff like that is that it keeps turning on and off. Mm-hmm. You know, like he keeps having to turn and fight, and then he punches one, and they disappear, and then he's kind of having to struggle against two that appear behind him. Oh, okay, yeah, anime style. They're just like, that's how I, yeah. I just I just see all these set pieces. Mm-hmm. I would just connect. Yeah. I'd yeah. find all the best scenes and just connect them and just do that. But again, like you said, it doesn't sound like they're kind of uh, going with Metal Gear Solid. They're just calling it that, which I don't know. The only thing I'm know. thinking he might do timeline-wise is like head back to like Snake Eater real quick just to like explain some big boss tragedy stuff. You know, just like some stuff with the boss maybe. But yeah, I don't know. Going back to Metal Gear 1 and 2 would be sweet. I kind of wonder if it's going to be a sort of a self-aware movie. Like it's aware, it's an ad- it's a it's aware it's an adaptation of Metal Gear Solid, kind of how Final Fantasy VII remake is aware of the fact that it's a remake. Well, yeah. it's a sequel. You know? It's literally so aware that it turned itself into a sequel in the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. And so <laughs> I wonder if like that's going to be the gimmick in this movie is that the Metal Gear Solid movie is going to be somewhat about the fact that it's a Metal Gear Solid movie. Yeah, that'd be good. I mean, the game does it, right? When you like press circle right. to climb the ladder and stuff. I know that a lot of games do that, but it really kind of hits it on the nose. And you brought up Derek Connolly, the writer for Jurassic World. And uh, that movie very much had kind of a similar dynamic where it's talking about, hey, we're going to dig up this this old IP and and kind of milk it for everything it's worth. And that was sort of like the self-aware aspect of that movie, for better or worse. Like, you know, they're talking about how they're they're letting their brands like their sponsors named the dinosaurs and things like that, you know, like the Indominus Rex sponsored by Verizon Wireless <laughs> yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. So like that sort of seems like that approach is in his wheelhouse. Yeah. That kind of thing is like trending right now too. with like, I don't know, like Animaniacs and I don't know. Everything's fucking self-aware now. I don't know. I I'd actually kind of prefer it not go that route, but I don't mind it being self-aware. Um, but again, it depends on the tone. Like, I, I just need a direction, whether it's going to be an action movie. Is this supposed to be like a blockbuster thing or is this going to be like an espionage thing? Because you could make Metal Gear really just tone down the action and really focus on the espionage and spycraft and you can still make a pretty good movie, I think. he's well, Sn- Solid Snake is more of a, a commando than a spy. But I mean, a, yeah. what is a commando if not partially a spy? So you could, I think you could easily do that and, and amp up the stealth element and make it really tense. And I think that would also be easier to shoot on a lower budget if that's what they get. Um, and then it ramps up to just a couple of epic moments where you really see him showcase, you know, CQC and stuff like that, like the elevator, and then eventually takes on this, you know, ridiculous looking tank, which I hope just looks the same. Good God. Rex is my favorite, by the way. Um, <laughs> Good choice. I love it. I just love how it, I love, I just love it. It's just exactly what I want stuff to look like. Um, that's what I, I want in my them. nuclear, uh, you know, that's what I walking want. machine, you know? <laughs> my, that's just what I look for. Nuclear, uh, yeah, battle tank. Yeah, I, um, I, I like him the most. He's my favorite one and I want him to just look. For the discriminating the warlords. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think that, I think that that would be fine if they focused on that, but then it wouldn't be as... uh, You'd really want to play with tension, I think. But these guys don't seem to make movies like that, so I really don't think it will be. I think it's going to be an action movie with, like, kind of um, 
moments of humor. I'm hoping not like they fly now type humor, but I think it's going to be more. I think it's going to be closer to that based on the track record. I think if they go like some kind of John Wick, like polar, like mashup too, like that could be fun to just go kind of like hyper violence with it. And it's just like, holy shit level up <laughs> like CQC. We're just like, damn. Yeah. I don't know. Or like Dread. Yeah. Like I could see yeah. the action sequences playing out a lot like Dread. I think it's just hard because we don't know where it's set. Because I'm just imagining all yeah. of the, uh, basically I'm just imagining Shadow Moses. But I, I guess um, it could easily just be a, a completely separate thing. One of these missions that we never see Snake go on. Because he did a bunch of stuff, you know. that was He was already retired, right? In Metal Gear Solid. He retires yeah. at the end. Yeah. With his um, dogs. Right, yeah. So it could easily be much before then. Um, and just something that we haven't seen him deal with. It just feels kind of strange that there would be a Metal Gear in it at all. And I also just feel like it would be kind of lame to not have um, Otacon in it. Otacon, by the way, is how we say it in London when they were brought up <laughs> on the Victorian streets well, of London. Otacon. 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 One thing I think that really needs to um, work out is also the pacing. Like you mentioned Otacon, right? Um, you know, he could be a B plot, you know, he, him trying to go around and assist snake, you know, there could be a scene. Well, now now that I think about it, it's kind of fucking corny, but there could be a scene where he's trying to find something to get snake out. And the only thing he can find is like a bottle of ketchup. And he thinks he's like the smartest dude in the world. Um, but my point is saying that, you know, whether it's cheesy like that, or it's something a little more grounded is, you know, that could be that could be a good opportunity to kind of, you know, pace out the set pieces so it doesn't feel like a, a silent hill where it's just, you know, a bunch of set pieces and, and characters with no sort of real progress, I guess. Um, yeah, like Otacon's like the guy in the chair where he's just like, you know, like it cuts back to him. Like the Chloe to the Jack Bauer. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe like cover, you know, Meryl trying to get to the... Um, to the commander's room or wherever that floor was. Yeah. Actually, that wouldn't be too bad, I think. Maybe like a... I mean, if you said it at some point between one and two, that actually would be pretty good as well, like if it was just these two guys that are off the grid. But I feel like there's just so much unsaid. Like if <laughs> you start a film at that point, you'd have to do so much stuff to give it context. Um, and it like you can do that. You can have a horrible you know, opening monologue in 1963. <laughs> you know, they just begin <laughs> and they kind of explain everything. It'd be you awful. You mean like but... Resident Evil? Yeah, or any movie that starts with an opening monologue yeah. um, that, uh, that just kind of tries to give you like a hundred years of backstory. Um, it would be a bad idea, but I think that it would be a decent movie. I think it should be grounded because they can build into the stronger material of, like, Big Boss and prequels. and Because it's pretty serious. Like, 2 is quite serious, really. Yeah. Um, with its subject matter when you, when you, you know, take the first few layers off. Sometimes people, like, ask me why I know anything about film. Mm. And I'm like, oh, didn't you know? I used to work for PewDiePie, okay? Yeah. Filmmaker. It's so weird that we were introduced by Konami. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. He makes music. He streams. Yeah. Y'all should talk. Okay. Me and Peachy always say our close personal friend, Konami. Yeah. So absurd. 
Yeah, shout out to Peachy too. He's cool. He's uh, he's great, dude. He's one of my good buddies. But yeah, I used to. I mean, I edited for Felix for like four or five years. Mm-hmm. The end there. That was like everyday uploads, pretty much. Yeah, it almost killed me. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, that's, I, I do like I sit down like one day a week when I when I edit for this podcast and like afterwards I'm like ah fuck like sitting down yeah. doing that every day man like whew, I feel it's you. like my only real technical professional skill I actually worked for YouTube before I worked for him oh nice um, I was doing a, I did some animating I worked at the YouTube space or the YouTube studio in London mm-hmm. which was fun I got to Hell yeah. l- legit work on some movies and stuff and. Uh, they filmed a lot of stuff there. So yeah, I was doing like loads of uh, just, I don't know, man, whatever they wanted. I was there like, oh, you need a lighting guy? I will just help. I don't care. <laughs> it's fun. Um, and, uh, so did you go to like school for that type of stuff? Or are you just like self-taught or just? Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't, uh, didn't go to school for it. Me and my, my, one of my best friends, Liam, when we were about 14 or so, just started to make dumb videos we just we basically found a video camera or got hold of a video camera and was just messing around with it mm. obviously then you've got to learn how to deal with the footage and stuff and this is like like i'm old i'm not that old but like i'm i'm 34 or 33 i don't know I'm one year younger than you yeah yeah so it's but like going back then you had these old camcorders that had a full vhs tape inside of it that you recorded onto Remember <laughs> yeah, those? you had to cut like yeah <laughs> yep at an old, I don't know what it was, a JVC something. You had to be like, we're going to stop this scene here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we had one of those that we were messing with. Then we upgraded. We bought a better thing that was a DV tape thing, mm-hmm. um, which was still quite hard to get the footage onto anything. And then you find, you know, we had like Premiere, I don't know, Stone Age Premiere, Adobe Premiere. But yeah, I, uh, I just, we started learning how to edit our own stuff. And then we would like we would just do essays for school, but we would just do video essays instead of uh, writing it down because we, we just found it so boring. Mm-hmm. So I just learned how to edit. Basically, we were making YouTube videos, but there was no YouTube. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so I was doing that for ages. Uh, and then I then we just kind of gave up on it. Like we both of us got a little older. Um, I went off and did my own thing for a bit. He went and did his own thing for a bit. He actually went and worked, you know. Um, in like a graphics VFX place. He worked on some of the Harry Potter movies and things like that. Oh, shit. Um, wow. I went and got a job in an architecture office, which is pretty random. Yeah. Like, I had no direction when I was younger. I didn't care. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then we kind of got back together and we were, we were messing around and we kind of made some dumb videos and uploaded them to YouTube. And then 2011, we started uploading YouTube videos um, because there was YouTube now. You know, there was like somewhere yeah. to put this dumb things that we were making. <laughs> so for like five years, we were just making content on our own. It was kind of a small thing. We were kind of involved in some UK YouTube, you know, these horrible little clicks of these sociopaths hanging out. Yeah. And um, then uh, then both of us were kind of working with some projects on, um, with like YouTube official, Google and stuff. Both of us started working there for a little while. And then he... Uh, his girlfriend moved from America to England. She's from Carolina somewhere. <laughs> and uh, both of them needed to buy a house. So we kind of called it on the on the YouTube content because we were running out of money, basically. Yeah. And uh, by pure coincidence, my, my girlfriend met uh, and was friends with 
PewDiePie's girlfriend, Marcia, mm-hmm. and they were hanging out. They were like, let's go hang out together. And me and Felix were dragged along like boyfriends, you know, yeah. into this thing. And I just spoke to him, just hung out with him for the evening. And he would, I didn't know him at all. I, I like had never watched a PewDiePie video. Yeah. Um, and I haven't since either. It's just not my content. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really weird. Uh, people think I'm like the, like a hardcore PewDiePie fan. And I'm really not really at all. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, he was like, oh man, I really need an editor. And I was like, man, I really need some money. <laughs> and that's really all that <laughs> happened there. And uh, so yeah, I just kind of like, uh, jumped on to uh, his channel and was working with him for many years there, but it's really, really hard work to do. Yeah. Um, especially for the majority of, like, lots of it, I was alone and uploading one, two videos a day. Damn. It's, uh, it's nonstop, man. It's brutal. Yeah. Like, these guys, man. <laughs> they, just, <laughs> they won't stop till they've got whatever, you know, the views and the metrics and the money and I'm, I'm not really like that. Yeah, man. Brad on on Twitch is a trip, man. Like just watching you <laughs> with your like you've got your little voice modulator and the yeah, sampler and stuff, and all, all your all your samples just loaded up, and it's like you know, yeah, you, like you, you check kill out, it, man. I got this like, one loaded up, up right now. It might be loud, but I'm gonna play it for you anyway. <laughs> all right. Look at that. All right. Sitting on the that's one of my buttons. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff going on. I love it. I mainly got it because uh, I run D and D every mm-hmm. week. Right on right. Uh, on Twitch and that's table story, right? Yeah, we we started a kind of D and D Twitch channel a couple of years ago, and it's doing really good. It's really fun. It's the most fun I have in the week. Um, but uh, it was a table story that got these Go XLRs. If you know what they are, but, like I'm really bad with audio, to be honest. Yeah, I do. I'm familiar with the Go XLR. Yeah. Um, some people love them. Some people hate them. For me, it's the best thing ever. I'm really bad at audio from everything. Like I'm supposed to be a professional editor, but I still don't understand audio at all. It's my. I'm not gonna lie. I, I was looking at them when I like when they first came out. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm looking at these. Yeah. Some people say that the hardware in them isn't like the greatest thing, but it does so much for me, especially with with streaming. Um, also, I think it does a lot for just basic, simple EQ compression stuff. Because um, mm-hmm. to, to, I had a, I don't know what it was, it was like a Yamaha, you know, letters and numbers um, yeah. thing <laughs> that was going into another um, tube thing that I didn't, I didn't know what any of it was doing. Yeah, preamps matter. Real, I, I do know the GoXLR has pretty solid preamps in it and it's got a lot of those different functions and stuff that are just fun, so. I really like you it. You guys are speaking a different language. Yeah, how's that feel? Yeah, well, it just it, it does a lot <laughs> of stuff for me on the stream. Like there are there are um, little just real simple buttons that are, and uh, uh, what are they called? The little sliders that go up mm-hmm. and down that allow me to control so many things because um, it's live and I'm one man doing it all. You know, it's not like a usual live setup. So. I really, really dig it for that. Your own little mixing board, Nitroid. Yeah. Like you're sitting there and you've got like your faders for like, you know, if your game volume's too high, like you've just got like little volume faders for everything and your voice and the chat, you know, like if they're coming in and calling in. So it's like your little... Oh, that's sweet. I really, really dig it. And then like you can hit a button and then he'll sound like he's coming through the codec or like coming through a walkie-talkie or something or mm-hmm. like... I can just make it sound like this immediately. <laughs> and then turn it off. <laughs> Yeah, it's so good. I do it all the time. Like, I don't think I can play the codec sound down the GoXLR, but I do have a thing that plays like the codec sound on a stream deck, mm. and then I just do a ha snake brother. You know, I just do that all the time. <laughs> it's perfect. All right, I want one of those. Whenever, whenever there's a helicopter, 
in the in the in, in any game. I'm just like a high D, and <laughs> just straight away. It's the <laughs> so best. Good. It's really like if you ever consider doing any streaming and you got some spare cash, I like. I basically couldn't live without it now. If you if this broke today, I wouldn't stream tomorrow. Like I just I I don't know how to survive without it. But I do have a couple of other things. I've got a drum pad as well, which you might be interested in. Fingers it's an Akai MPD two eighteen. I use Ableton yeah. Live and I load up all the songs on it, and then I hit the drum pad, and that's how I do all the music. Oh, okay, yeah. So you just queue it up. Okay, yeah, gotcha. And then I have a stream deck for the actual scenes and stuff like that. It sounds way more professional than it is, by the way. If anybody comes to my stream, like, I heard you on this thing and I'm expecting it to be mind-blowing and I'm just sitting there in my hands <laughs> playing <laughs> Metal Gear 1, uh, crying. Um, when I stream, I sometimes put pictures up with the game logo. Yeah. <laughs> Good that's, job, Nitro. Uh, I, I, I just think that's really the level of production that I'm truly at. What I'm capable of and what I actually <laughs> produce is there's a disgusting disparity. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I would say about? I don't know. I, th- I think it looks pretty clean, man. Like you're, you've got like your layout, you know, figured out. And like you know, I think you, you've been doing it for a while, so you're pretty comfortable, you know, like in that mm-hmm. in that stream setting. That's I think that's the hardest part is like getting into that comfortable getting level. Used to them, yeah. I stream every day, um, and uh, I, I what I love about it is the stability, mm. the. The, the guarantee of like, this is how many subs you have and how much money I will get next month and, you know, how many people are coming by and it's long form, so it's very relaxed. Um, I need stuff that like is not anxiety-inducing right now, you know, like working on a YouTube channel every single day that's one of the largest YouTube channels in the world. Yeah. It's extremely stressful. <laughs> a little bit um, of stress involved in that, yeah. And I just wanted something to like chill out and YouTube is like, it's just potluck. You just throw a throw a video up and you have no idea whether it's going to do really well or really poorly and it's yeah. random. It truly feels like you're just playing roulette every time you upload a video and I hate that. It drives yeah, me nuts. Did this keyword throw it off or did the algorithm pick up me uh, saying this word and is that going to censor it all? I have yeah. no idea. Like it's I'm crazy. so bad at I'm so bad at like min-maxing all that stuff, you know. I just yeah. like creating content and putting it up, and I'm I'm not too good at like the business side of things. Through just being in and around the industry and so long, you obviously understand this and that. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I really don't know it. Felix, you can just go, oh, can I name uh, this video this? And he'll just say no, and then he'll come up with some weird algorithmic like algorithmic reason where he's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is why that won't work. And I'm like, how do you even know that? Just master of just, S- SEO stuff, like. So he's just intuited. He's just intuited how it works, essentially. I think he just—that's his only thing he needs to learn and know, you know. <laughs> so he has fingers. Fingers says stuff like that in the chat all the time, and I don't get any of that shit. He's like, <laughs> you can't tag this person <laughs> twice, or it's gonna go down in the ranking. And then he like showed me like yeah. like this large record company's Facebook. I think it was Mad Decent. I don't know if we want to like call them yeah. out or not or whatever. But yeah, yeah it was mad we'll call decent. Them out. We'll fight them in the street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually well, I mean, have yeah. been to the place yeah. where Diplo started, but yeah, to the point. Um, like he was telling me, he was showing us Mad Decent, which is it's fairly popular. You know, it has Diplo, mm. uh, all the yeah. acts affiliated with him. Um, but you go to see the page, and they have like what, f- like four to ten likes for like music and premieres and. Things yeah. that artists are relying of on, and they have like 
200,000 followers almost. Yeah, it's like 300,000 yeah. people on there. And it's just like, it's just like after you've deranked your page by posting so many links in a row with including hashtags, you know, it's like that just, it kills your page's reach. And, and knowing all this shit makes social media so much less fun. Like, <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I pretty, uh, it's my job, but I pretty much stay away from it as best yeah. as I can. I don't Doing go music, I had to learn, I had to learn a lot of the like just tricks to like not have that happen and just like just learn how to post stuff correctly so it you know doesn't yeah. get buried and yeah. and even with the tricks it sometimes it doesn't work because yep. there's like a, a <laughs> another algorithm you don't know about or there's just the weird luck factor that comes yeah, it's into always it. changing. you just have to you know you have to you have to be on a blue moon at you know 303 a.m and there's no way anyone it's could know that but that was when you needed to post it if you had it would have been like this just some guy thing. at a desk just flipping a coin yeah it feels like that sometimes I used to have to do that um, on my that blog. I used to have fingers with all like the Metal Gear memes and Nintendo memes. Yeah, like, like it was like, okay, I need to get this done while I'm watching the Nintendo Direct. Like I need to jump <laughs> on that shit now. This needs to and, be out there first. Yeah, and like then I had a part time job, and that was always in the afternoon, so I had time to sort of dedicate myself to, like you guys said, like hitting striking the iron while it's hot. Um, mm. so even that, I know that's small potatoes compared to what you guys are talking about. Um, but it's, it's, I, I understand at least why it's frustrating. It's all relative to be honest. Um, I, I, I haven't seen any difference between, you know, somebody uploading something to zero subscribers and PewDiePie uploading to whatever billions he's on now. It's relative. <laughs> it's exactly the same process <laughs> for everyone really. The only difference is that YouTube really does favor more views because there's more ads. So they'll funny them, funnel the views and money upwards. So you're just a lot more buried as a smaller creator, which yeah, is just, you just you know pinned under a whole a separate bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah once the algorithm gets you, it's just like a positive feedback loop. Then it kind of yeah, but then you've got to keep doing the same thing. It likes formulaic stuff, so you want to be uploading at the same time, and you want to be uploading the same amount. Uh, of uh, content and people like the same video every day. Remember like Epic Meal Time and stuff like that? It was just like the same video. And Pretty it's like, it. oh, it, this is just the same thing with the same jokes at the same beats. But, you, you know, like Epic Meal Time would cook. It's just a, a sandwich one day and then lots of bacon the next. And you go, okay. <laughs> I've seen this video every day for oh, yeah. 100 years. That bacon obsession in the early 2010s. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. But that's what works, like just doing that and keep... It's pretty know. much like Metal Gear. It's kind of like Epic Meal Time. It's just like it's like the same stuff over same and over. Same game every single yeah. time. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, so yeah. we're going to be talking about the movie forever. <laughs> true yeah we did stay we watched we watched the whole vgas last night pretty much just waiting for something that was like three hours and then we were like oh no yeah, it was very so. very little um yeah i'm a m- massive the only game i prefer over over metal gear is final fantasy in general because they're both mm-hmm. franchises right but in general i kind of lean slightly more to final fantasy just because i kind of discovered it first and i've got a little bit of a nostalgic boner for him I enjoyed like seeing Sephiroth show up and murder Mario. Yeah, that's canon now, like you said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, uh, that was really fun. Did you see that clip of like him doing what I'm assuming is going to be his down smash into Zelda? Oh well, 
I don't know if we should be talking about Sephiroth doing a down smash into Zelda. I don't know if it's that much of an adult show. You know, you want to get monetized on YouTube. Yeah, our, our SEO is going to go down. Nah. Like, I mean, we go hard sometimes. We'll throw it in the thumbnail. Sakurai loves to do these like clips of little hints um, with the characters that he um, he releases. Um, another familiar one I remember is uh, when they released the Sand Skin. Um, they had a little clip where he was like fighting a villager in pink with a with a, one of those like saber blades, and it was supposed to be like Chara fighting Sans uh, in that like final battle. Mm. I don't know if anybody's familiar with Undertale, but to that point, one of the things they show is his down smash, which is pretty much you know him killing or Aerith, um, and then instead of her, it's Zelda. And it's in Kirby uh, Dreamland. If you just watch the, the just, trailer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Frame by frame. <laughs> All right. Do you ever just look at Smash Brothers and be like, how in the hell is this game real? Yeah, it's it's gotten pretty uh pretty wild the past couple of years. I thought they were gonna bring Fortnite to it, but they brought Sephiroth, so I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, I'll give it time. Yeah. Oh yeah, they'll have everything and everything eventually. We got like what three more characters left? Two, two, two. Oh, yeah. The VGAs didn't offer too much uh, exciting news, though. Other than that, I mean, they there got... were a lot of trailers, but they like, yeah, none of them were like mind-blowing reveals, unless you like were part. Like, I was on a call with a few people as well, and a couple of them are role players, and they they have like a role play server, so they were really interested in Ark. Like, I didn't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, I have no idea why is why is Vin Diesel doing <laughs> <Yeah>. this? <laughs> like, what is this? Because he wants to fight a T Rex. Um, but they were like, oh, this is good because you know it's such good potential for Ark and stuff like that. Um, I guess Mass Effect was a big deal, but that's a little yeah, dodgy because who knows where everyone... they can go with that? Well, the last surviving members of Bioware have left, and then they announced two games: Mass Effect and then Dragon Age. But the people that created both of those games, have, no one is left at the entire company. So it's strange. I don't know if people will be as excited or if it will be as good or whatever. I liked Mass Effect, though. I, I played that for the first time this year. Yeah, I was, a, I was definitely a fan of the Mass Effect games. Uh, even Andromeda like wasn't that bad. Like I, I know it was kind of like a step down for sure. I, I can say that. but I, I think gameplay-wise, it was pretty fun. Yeah, gameplay it was pretty tight. The story was just kind of a letdown. I'm in the minority here that I like the uh the first Mass Effect the most because of the uh a lot of people think it's droll, but when you get to go down and explore all those planets, uh that's like the closest I've ever had to a real Star Trek game. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that was kind of scratching that itch for me. I didn't hate the first one. Thank you for explaining that to me cuz that you just like unlocked so many locks in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was I what I like about the first one is it, it's relatively simple. It just presents you with this this and this, do this, go there, you're the good guy or not. Uh go. And you just do it. You know, the others get a little The second one is really weird. It's just go around collecting friends, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Pokemon game. It's really kind of not actually as good as everyone says, but it definitely fleshes out the characters in a really strong way that sets them up 
much better for kind of the more emotional impact of three. Yeah. I enjoyed one as well. I didn't as much enjoy the gameplay. I think it's kind of a little dated and clunky, but I mean, what are you going to do? I, I think, yeah, it just did a big shift from like an RPG shooter to like just like a just a shooter shooter. Like mm. it was just like this third person thing where the, the stats didn't matter as much. Whereas in the first one, you could be aiming right at a guy and just fucking miss because the RPG, you know, the stats just said he didn't have enough in yeah. machine guns. Yeah, it's a little odd. I played a yeah. Vanguard as well. Um, which is utterly and completely useless in the first game, the one where you just <laughs> right. run at them. Um, so it, it kind of made the, the the my first playthrough a little more frustrating, but by the end it was it was all good. Andromeda, I I think was very pretty, and I didn't play it with any of those bugs or anything. Um, I think the story and you know all of that was a lot weaker. Kind of reminded me a bit of playing uh, what do we call it, five or V. Um, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, man. That's what I say. Yeah, I don't know. Everyone. Someone's going to yell at you either way. <laughs> Someone, yeah, someone's coming at me now. But um, I don't know what your opinions are of of five. But I, I love kind, it. Like I, I kind of hated the gameplay and loved the story, but found it to be really difficult to do either the way that I wanted to do it. Like it's so big and open, and it's like an action man game. Like, if it was just mm-hmm. called Action Man, it'd be the best game I've ever played. <laughs> like, it's, like, all of the little things in it that you can do are insane. I, I saw one today. I didn't realize that you could grab the, um, the sword off the guys when they appear around you and just stab them back. Oh, and do a counter? Yeah. Yeah. I had no oh, yeah. idea. Like, I'm oh, still yeah. seeing stuff that you can do in that, and it's insane. And from that aspect, it's fantastic. But eking out the story is hard to do and then you have to play the game once and then basically play it again on hard mode to get all of the stuff and then the you know the whole true ending with Eli and all that is not in it oh man (laughs) I did I watched it this year instead Mm -hmm. of playing it there's the have you ever seen the the edited version that's like contextual editing Mm -hmm. Uh, Kafka Productions that guy yeah it's like nine hours long yeah I watched it on stream Uh, we just watched it for two days yeah and it was amazing. I like. I loved it. I was like, "Damn, the story is good." Yeah. I just never found any of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it killed me. Because like separately, they're fantastic, but combined, I I couldn't. I yeah, I couldn't deal with it. But I had a rough year, 2015, as well. So I was kind of just moody that year. It was a. It was a hard year. It was the first year I worked for Felix and I went from working kind of, you know, not really working to working the hardest I've ever worked in my life in one fell swoop. God, I imagine. I was like, I was like borderline on a mental break and then September rolled around and I was like, I'm really looking forward to this game. What's happening? What's a rocket punch? I want to pop in some sheet. What's going on? I got to edit another video. Fuck. Yeah, so yeah. I kind of like didn't get to sink my teeth into either finding all of the content um from the gameplay or all of the content from the story but um so i actually really just kind of mostly didn't enjoy it 
Um, yeah, it really is like a slow drip feed with the story, like just listening to the tapes and and having the like you've got you've kind of got to like put it all together. But but having it in that movie form, where it's just like here, here's yeah. MGSV, like here's all the good shit. Right, right I'm here. really bad at doing that. I'm very yeah. impatient. I I really don't like spending four billion hours in a game anymore. I would have loved yeah. it, and I was a little Victorian boy on the street, and I couldn't afford <laughs> games, and I just couldn't afford anything. And I was I had like three games when I was a kid for about four years and i would have loved it then you know yeah I, it would have lasted me for 10 years but now i'm like i gotta get up tomorrow <laughs> i got stuff to do now <laughs> i got shit to do so i really can't find all these. it's that old saying it's like when you're a kid you have all the time but no money and when you're an adult you have all the money but no time yeah and that's exactly yeah, and, how i feel about video games it super conflicts with these really big open world epic games, especially like ones that I'm very interested yes, in. Yes, like yeah. with that. <laughs> I'm and no I just, longer. I'm... I used to play. I used to play JRPGs like religiously, and then you know, I haven't played had one. kids, and that's just not gonna happen anymore. Yeah, I used to read like every NPC's character in a town and be like, "All right, check, got everybody. All right, time yeah. to go into the yeah, next it's like, screen." It's like reading a living book. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, no Final Fantasy. I can't get all the secret materia anymore. I've, I've got shit to do. Yeah, you can't do it. I actually have this kind of joke that's not really a joke, that if I'm still kind of streaming or doing, like, you know, online bullshit in, uh, like, 10 years, and I'm on that kind of old man arc of the whatever this is, um, I'm just going to slow everything down and do JRPGs. <laughs> I'm just going to play JRPGs because like if I play them now, the energy isn't high enough and all these Fortnite kids come in and they're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I'm like, I, hang on a second. That's Terra. She's really important because she's half Esper. You know, it's just not, and they don't care. Don't care. They can't even see it. It's too many. There's like three pixels. They don't know what they're looking at. But um, this is literally a conversation I've had with my kids where they just want to play Fortnite. And I'm like, yeah. you know, we've got these, these story games that you can like, <laughs> They the have this value on your life. And they're like, that's nice, Dad. Like, let me go back to shooting. I will never yeah. forget. Uh, I had a little cousin who loved Pokemon, and he started on the DS, right? So I showed him my Game Boy. And this was when he was kind of young, so he, he didn't have, like, the best perception. But I showed him my Game Boy with Pokemon Blue playing, and the battle started, right? And the first thing he did on this, like, small, tiny green screen is he tried to press the attack button. Oh, no. Yeah, and I was like, sorry, kid, it doesn't work that way. And it just, that was just fascinating to me that, you know, even though we're only like a few years apart, you know, that dynamic, like how we perceive things is so much different. And it it really shows with video games. Yeah, I I don't have time for it anymore. And that impatience (laughs) really kind of can ruin a game for me that these these huge games and I, I just can't dedicate the time it takes to play Metal Gear Solid 5, I guess. They try to pad it out, yeah. So I like indie games. Yeah. They kind of be... They don't stay too long. More short and sweet. Yeah, I'm just... I'm a fan of, like, your... The the classic, you know, 12-hour linear, you know, just whatever. Uncharted or whatever. That's, like, the perfect thing for me on a stream. I'm not playing a game for three years. I'm (laughs) not... It's not too slow. I'm not having to read all the dialogue or... You know, kind of, uh, sometimes if you play something, if I was to play Metal Gear Solid Five, I could create content really easily. Play a, you know, crazy song, jump into a car, shoot some people, 
I have sometimes I have like an anime script that comes up on the screen, so it looks like I'm running an anime intro. Um, <laughs> like it's a keyed out and stuff like that. I can do that, but that's kind of a lot of effort to just continually be doing every yeah. day. So when you have a game that's really interesting to kind of carry, even things like Mass Effect. I'm playing KOTOR at the moment, which is a little heavier and a little more closer to an RPG. But the mm-hmm. game does the carry. We have been trying to get Nitroid into KOTOR this week. Yeah? Yeah. I've never played it. Mm. The first argument I made was like, dude, do you like third edition? He's like, I don't know what the fuck that is. And I'm like, okay, next argument. Um, and I kind of it's broke D&D. down. Yeah, <laughs> it is crazy. D&D. It's, it's completely it, like, based it's off of It's literally a, a D, uh, 20-sided system with DCs to hit yeah. <laughs> attribute points that you apply to your character. It's wild. You know... Every friend I had in high school was into D&D, and for some reason, I didn't get into it. And I don't know yeah, why, because it seems girlfriend. like something I would love. Um, we get it. You had a girlfriend. Yeah. Thanks for showing up. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I, didn't, I actually didn't uh, play D&D until uh, um, like 2014, 2015 for the first time, which is really crazy, because it's my favorite game ever now. That seems to happen a lot. And I run a D&D session every week. Yeah. yeah, with the Metal Gear, they've got a Metal Gear board game coming out. I was wondering if uh, if there's some kind of way to get like Metal Gear and D&D together. So and, like, I'm glad you mentioned that. scenarios. Yeah, so there is a, there's a game called, there's the Conan the Barbarian board game. And it's sort of like this hybrid of a, of a typical board game and, you know, sort of a more role-playing board game, like tabletop game, like D&D. Um, so obviously you pick your roles, you sort of pick a stat, but the, the roles themselves are like particular characters. So like you can be the warrior, which is Conan. You can be like, you know, the big boobed wizard, um, or sorceress, I guess. Um, and each of those had like a specific build that you could, that you could do. So, you know, if we put that in the context of Metal Gear, oh yeah. Also they had like pretty much like tabletop missions where, you know, certain NPCs did certain actions. You have to kind of strategize to get around them. Um, so it just feels like a makeshift Conan. Yeah. Like campaign. But to the point of that and how that fits the Metal Gear is like, I can see like that type of iteration for a Metal Gear board game. Like a, like a true tabletop would be that hybrid. And like, if you want to play like, to play like a, a team, right? As right. Because Metal Gear, you're usually playing a commando, but you'd have to play like, Rat Patrol 2. <laughs> yeah, you could be like a light, medium, or heavy, you know, and have like speed, health, you know, trade-offs and stuff, or movement movement spaces, you know, and I don't yeah. know. Or you play the, or you could play the bad guys, you know. Yeah. You could play, you know, one of you's a, a rip-off of Vulcan Raven and the other one's Ocelot, you know, and then you play the guys that are, Doing the terrorist attack, basically, <laughs> or whatever it is, and you're controlled. That way, you get to control the Metal Gear, but you'd probably want to fight it. I don't know how you would handle that element of it. But you could easily do it, I think. So, if my ignorant ass wanted to get into D and D, knowing absolutely nothing, yeah, where would I start? Uh, find anyone that can DM um, a game for you, and then you tell them to DM a game for you, and then you find a time. And I guess like at least two other friends, friends to to play with, and then uh, and then you just show up. Just let the DM do the rest. He'll tell you what's going on, how to play, and also if you can't find a DM, that means you're the DM. So <laughs> that's a little different, and that's how most of us become DMs. Um, that means you have to go and buy the book and learn everything, and then and then play. 
Uh, I think that could be cool with Metal Gear, like just all the skill sets and different things you could do and just apply it to different yeah. lock picking or stealth aspects. Or, I, don't I think know. it's very doable, yeah. Considering it's just constant. Um, you move from a, a set piece of stealth to a set piece of a puzzle, you know, or how, mm-hmm. how are you going to get through this room? And then a, an encounter with some soldiers or, or a tank or Metal Gear itself, you know. It's pretty much Metal Gear Acid. Metal Gear Acid, yeah. <laughs> Which I like, by the mm. way. No one does. No one else does. I love that game. You did? Oh, good. Yes. I yes, really it's enjoyed fantastic. it. Yeah, I had a lot. I want of fun a third one. I couldn't figure it out. Um, Give me a third one. It's probably never going to happen. But <laughs> yeah, and it's it's non-canon, right? But it's I, yeah. I find it to be very fun to play. I uh, there was a point where I had a PSP and all I had was Final Fantasy Tactics and Metal Gear Acid, and that was all I had. And I would go to work and... And that's all you need. Oh, uh, yeah, that's all you need. I would go to work <laughs> and uh, and I would take these like three-hour shit breaks. Because <laughs> 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 I was playing on the PSP. Did you play uh, Acid 2? I don't think so. You got to play Acid 2. Maybe I'll that play it. Is, it's so good. They went back and they fixed like every little blemish that the first game had. Yeah. It's it's fluid. It's more easily understandable. Um, they it's didn't so compromise fun, the like complexity. A weird kind of card game. Yeah. Deal with. And then they also gave it sort of a a more comic book style cell shaded uh, visual style. It's really cool. Yeah. What they did. I was a fan of the PSP era of uh, Metal Gear Peace Walker. Portable Ops, I can kind of take or leave. To be honest, they were trying to do something with it that I'm not. That bothered about, but I like peace. Yeah, they Walker. made that game in about a year. Okay, that that makes sense. Like that was a rushed game. Yeah, and it wasn't really. It it didn't have um, Kojima it, it, much of a Kojima involvement, right? Right. He was doing, I guess, Peace Walker. Was he? I don't know what he was doing at the time. Um, MGS Four. Oh right, of course. Or yeah. no, actually, well, that was two thousand and eight, well, right? Four. Let's find out. No, it was. Yeah, it was MGS Four. Yeah. Yeah. That he was working on at the time, because they had they had several things coming out at the same time that year. There was uh, Portable Ops, uh, MGS3 yeah. Subsistence, and uh, and MGS4. Yeah, so there there was a lot going on. Yeah, that's all he was doing. There's no way he was working on anything else. But it kind of shows, I think, <laughs> with that game, and also they were kind of trying to do that weird PSP multiplayer thing in every game, which was horrible. Yeah. Um, they had a whole video on transferring. <laughs> yeah. And then Sony just built it into the OS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I kind of leave that one. But PSP was a good time for me. I was very poor at that time. I had absolutely no money. I was living in a tiny little apartment on the outskirts of London. And all I had was like these two games and a PSP. I had like a PS2 at home with like one game. I remember like Final Fantasy twelve coming out around that time, I think. And I was like, yes, mm-hmm. just a giant game to explore. And it's so funny because I just can't stand the idea of playing it now. 12. It would just take too long. I don't have yeah. the time for it. I've always described it like a <laughs> steak. I was like, it was good. You know, it's like a nice meal, but it's like you're sitting there chewing it for way too long. My jaw aches <laughs> yeah. by the end of this ridiculous Star Wars game. Um, so what's your uh, Final Fantasy of choice? I am a seven kid because that's the one I found. I ex- oh, that's a man. fair answer, dude. 
when you made that terror reference, I was like, he has to have six as his I, favorite. I, ob- objectively, <laughs> I'm mildly disappointed. Objectively, it's not seven, if that helps. Um, I literally, I just found okay. seven. I was like 14 and then I was just a depressed little child with no money in this horrible environment. So I was given this game that no one in my town had played anything other than FIFA and like Gran Turismo. Everyone, everyone in my town is a mechanic <laughs> or a woodworker and they play football. And then there was me who was like a closet RPG fan. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, someone just randomly just went, look, I've got this game and I hate it. Here's a free game. And I was like, <laughs> fuck yeah, free game. So I put on Final <laughs> Fantasy VII and it was just escapism. I was gone. So I really like just, that game just means a lot to me on so many different levels. So when I play it, you kind of get that extra emotional level of like attachment to it. Objectively though. Yeah, no, that makes objectively, sense. Objectively though, it's, it's you know, it's okay. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy during formative years is, it's so impactful. Six is unbelievably good. Um, See, that was my formative Final mm, Fantasy. Yeah, I'm a six kid too. And like, yeah. like I that that got me into playing mages and RPGs because like I'm biracial. Like she was kind of biracial or bi species. Right. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of made that connection as a kid. And this was before like there was a bunch of kids like mm. me. So it was like I had that connection with this character. And ever since then, I shit you not, I I have a mage tattoo. Yeah, hell yeah. Like it it kind of hit me that deep. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's a that's uh, a, like a really crazy theme in that game about how she, she's kind of got this thing where she's like, she, first of all, she doesn't know who she is, but once she kind of does find out, she, mm-hmm. it's awkward because she doesn't fit in the Esper world. She doesn't fit, you know, in the world that she's in, whatever it's called. Um, and uh, it's really uh, interesting how they deal with that in that game. And then they just have these really crazy deep themes like Celez. With the uh, Celis, with the the suicide right. scenes and stuff like that, like she walks she up, looking at the cliff. Yeah, that's crazy. When you're a kid, Dude, she goes up there and there's like this little broken, there's this little <laughs> broken bird laying yeah. there, and that's like it just represents who she is. It's just such good writing. She's looking at this thing after all of this stuff she's been through. She's got nothing left, and she sees this little broken bird. Ah, oh, that's good writing. There's nothing like that in Seven. It's just a good story for its own merit. Yeah, six will traumatize you. You got to be careful. I remember when I figured out that realm was was like yeah, Shadow's and you like daughter. work it out, yeah. and then I always stayed with yeah. him, waiting wait for, for him to get on the ship. It's um, it's a, it's a really well written game, and it and the and it, they sort of did. Uh, I can't think of another Final Fantasy that deals with themes as well as that one. The way that it takes a lot of themes and runs with them for each of the the characters. The twins, the fact that Edgar is kind of probably um, hiding behind a mask that he's created for himself uh, of yeah. like being a kind of a pompous guy. My, one of my very good friends, Pumpkinberry, is playing through it for the first time at the moment. And so it's really fresh in my Jealous. brain. And I've been watching her play it. <laughs> I'm really... God, I wish that were me. ...really into uh, watching it. Shout out to Pumpkinberry. They try to go that same direction with Nine, but it never quite fully manifests. I feel like nine is just a love letter to itself. It, nine, yeah. nine just feels like they just, they, they take a lot of, uh, you have to play nine last. Kind of like, yeah. ignoring ten, ten. Nine's like the member berries of Final Fantasy. Yeah, you play it and it's just got all the things in it 
that make it yeah. Final Fantasy that they and they kind of it, it was all right, but it did shit its pants in the fourth disc. Yeah, I would love Final do. Fantasy IX a lot more if the writer's dog hadn't eaten the script for the fourth disc. They all yeah. go crazy in the fourth. I mean, Final Fantasy VIII goes crazy in the second disc. It's all pretty yeah. See, kosher and normal, <laughs> and then Squall dies. <laughs> And then the Squall is Dead theory. Oh, no, 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 no. We're not going there. It, no. the, the reason that the Squall is Dead theory makes sense is because of how fucking insane that game suddenly goes. In it just doesn't two. make any sense. <laughs> it's so ridiculously out of place, everything that happens, that, what would be the that it point? somehow makes sense that he's dead and imagining this version of himself like, like that. Have you seen that, um, oh. that movie, I'm Thinking of Ending Things? It's, it's kind of no. new. It just came out on Netflix. If you watch that, I'm not going to say anything then because it's a really good movie. But it reminds me of that, where it just becomes this like weird psychedelic thing almost, but it's centered around how Squall is just overpowered. And really, it's just see, that's how these games are. It's so see, good. I'm one of those weirdos whose favorite is Final Fantasy VIII, so I hate that theory so much. <laughs> I love Final Fantasy VIII, by the way. And I'm, I'm not... Uh, I don't give a fuck about all these Final Fantasy flame wars over the years. I don't care. Oh, yeah, me neither. Nine times out of ten, yeah. it's the first one you played that's your favorite, and that's yeah. it. And I don't care. I don't care if you like the do 13, you, um, I don't like if you're 12, if it's 4. Do you remember when people were, were like losing their shit over someone raising the theory that Ultimecia was actually Renoa? Renoa, yeah. It's so, yeah, uh, and just like, they got so mad at that. I mean, that makes even more sense than Squall is Dead on a weird level, but it's just it, not. It does, because the whole thing deals with, like, causality <laughs> yeah. to a degree. and, so, and like, the time compression element suggests that yeah. they could easily do that. But Yeah, the thing I liked about 8 was that it seemed to kind of want to tell a story of, like, all right, we have this trope of teenagers saving the world, but what would happen if you actually took teenagers and put them in a situation like this? Yeah, you made well, them these We'll weird tell you what'll happen. Battle mercenary <laughs> school kids. Um, they're going to obsess over their interpersonal drama and they're not going to get anything done. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, this fucking crazy 15-year-old's going to jump literally into space to try and catch his girlfriend. <laughs> I wouldn't do that for my wife. She's the only person on this planet I like, let alone love. <laughs> like the only reason you would ever do anything like that is when you're a 15-year-old emo kid losing your damn mind listening to Simple Plan and crying yourself to sleep. And, and that's why they're well-written characters because they're perfect teenagers. Exactly correct. They're idiots. Um, it's why I think, and, and this is another, here we go on another, um, let's make everyone angry on the internet. I actually like Hayden Christensen as Anakin, because I think he plays a moody little mumbling teenager perfectly. It's exactly what we were all like, where we thought we were super cool and we knew everything, but really we were just <laughs> standing in the corner looking ridiculous and not saying anything. And you think you look so much cooler than you are, and you're not, okay? The genes don't fit. <laughs> and it's the same thing with eight. They're all stupid. <laughs> like... They're just dumb. I like to they imagine are. that the Guardian forces aren't wiping their memories. They just they're children, so they don't have anything of worth to offer. <laughs> yeah, don't have any memories. <laughs> oh, I love that. Everybody in my favorite game, by the way. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's up there though. I actually really like the the classic seven, eight, nine. I love how absurdly complicated that system is. Yeah, and also just so easily breakable. I I, I think the only thing yep. I, I genuinely don't like about eight is the fact that you can complete it at level seven. <laughs> 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 aren't so there stupid. level one runs too 
I have no idea. I've, I, the, the lowest yeah. I've ever seen anyone do it is seven. But I, I, I have no doubt someone can probably, you can probably just walk to the end. There's probably like a W materia type. Oh, yeah. Once thing. you understand how that game works, it's just broken. Yeah, I can't do any of that stuff. I just play them for the story. <laughs> and I never do, you know, like 100% completion runs and stuff like that. Even now, like I'm, I'm terrified to play Final Fantasy VII because people always ask me what my favorite game is and I say that. Uh, I usually go Final Fantasy VII or Metal Gear Solid is where I usually go with it. But um, yeah. they, uh, but if I play Final Fantasy VII, they like expect you to know all this stuff online. Everyone's a PhD in whatever they need to be in in that moment. So I feel like I would just play it and they'd be like, oh, why don't you know about this door? And why don't you know about this thing? You don't like Final Fantasy VII. And I'm like, because I, like, <laughs> I like the story. <laughs> you know, like no one cares yeah. about the story of games anymore. They're just interested in all the... They just want you to run it perfectly and hit all the secrets on the way. Yeah. Yep. So I've always been... I've, I've always said I'll never play it because you'll ruin it for me, Twitch chat. Um, yeah. Metal Gear Solid is a, a much easier run to just kind of go go right through and yeah, and I can really I can demolish much for you. Metal Gear Solid. Like, what's your uh, fastest run? I don't know, but I did it in in like eight hours this year, uh, okay. which was on a stream. Yeah, so I was, was gonna say like streaming, chilling. Chatting. Yeah, we we've had a couple speed runners on, and they're they're oh, it's well, nuts. What, what, what is the quickest? Do, it's man. probably about fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what's <laughs> the stealth time? Uh, do you guys know? What? Oh, like hour and a half, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm nowhere near there, but I, I, if there was, if you said to me you have to speed run a game for your family's life, that's the game I'd pick. Dude, the pacing is just <laughs> so on too. So even if you're speed running, it kind of feels like it's it's still making sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I, th I think yeah, it's, it's just uh, boss fight, boss fight, boss fight, little stretch. Yeah, I, I, it's the it's the only one I didn't struggle with. I did a chronological playthrough. Um, for the mm -hmm. first time ever. I, I usually take a couple of years off before I go back and play something like Metal Gear or a Final Fantasy game. They're the only games that I really play again and again. Usually I only play games like once. And I've never done a chronological run. And I was like, it's the first time I kind of said to my stream, I was like, I'm going to just play a game that I want to play and I just want to sit and show you something that frankly is an amazing series of games. And I need you to see it from my perspective. Not from, you know, yeah. Johnny Online or this journalist or, you know, over years of nostalgia, bloating or hatred. I just want to show you how I enjoy this game and I'm going to play it for the first time in a chronological way. And honestly, I think it might have been my, my favorite ever time I've ever streamed anything. Yeah, and just relax. Um, it lasted about a month and something like that. And I just enjoyed it so mm. much. And playing it through chronologically for the first time, I, I still don't know. Everyone's always like, what do you do? Which one? Play through chronologically or not, I guess it doesn't matter. But it really gave me a lot more perspective than I thought it would. I love these games because you always, like. How many times have you probably played through them all, and you always kind of find something new? Oh, for sure. This is definitely the series to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, don't get me started. It's insane how many times you'll see something or you'll find some nuance to a line that means more than you realize, or give you some perspective on a character. They're so well done. Yeah. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it. And it was one of the first times me and my community really felt like, I don't know, we were all just kind of there, truly just sitting together and enjoying a thing together. And it, I'm not one of these people that like kind of does that. My community is beautiful, but it was a beautiful time. <laughs> it was a beautiful time. Yeah, like three minutes after the end 
of my final Metal Gear stream, which I guess was Revengeance. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I did it. Um, three minutes after that, it went back to flaming me. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Like as soon as yeah. it ended, <laughs> they turned on me like those compies in Jurassic Park 2, kill that man. They'll never let you down. I was going to say, that seems to be the caveat because I, I like the chronological order in a sense that I kind of like watching the degradation between like Metal Gear Solid 3 till you get to like Shadow Moses in one. Mm. Um, but to that point, I, I didn't realize the implication mm. of like Rising <laughs> or Revengeance being the last game, like the finale. Uh <laughs> yeah, it's really annoying when you're doing it on on uh, Twitch and it's like this big epic thing and then you go, right, now we're going to play this <laughs> one. Now, don't... <laughs> yeah, this is how it kind of ends up. Um, I said that I would do... Everybody's saluting at the gravestone and shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, All right. like, rules of nature! Rules of, of fucking nature. Yeah, it, it was an interesting thing. One of my friends asked me which order to do it for the first time. He was going to show his girlfriend and I was like... I think it kind of comes down to whether you can handle the changing graphics at this point. Like if you're yeah. if you're really In- able, consistent graphics, yeah. If you don't care it's about graphics, because some people really just don't even notice graphics; they just get to enjoy a story. I kind of feel like yeah. chronological now, and I really wouldn't have said that before I did this playthrough up until then. But if, I feel like if for most people, you should just play them in release order. I guess. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Maybe maybe do a release order and then go back and do a chronological. Just experience both. Yeah, because you sort of got to play it twice anyway. You can't yeah. really play it once because you just won't know what's going on. Yeah, it, it's all just it, hitting you like a ton of bricks. It takes so many playthroughs to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I've been playing this crap for 30 years. I'm still figuring it out. Right. <laughs> it's insane, um, a lot of it. But it, the one thing that I did notice through the... Kind of picking it apart and slowly, because we were doing like a non-spoiler playthrough, so nobody was able to kind of go, oh, this means this and this means this, but it meant that we could really analyze each individual thing that came in, um, a piece of information you would get or a character revelation and the, just the building up and then breaking down of um, Big Boss and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Slowly going through it meant that I think a lot of people from an outside perspective that were watching my stream and seeing the games for the first time really appreciated it from a cinematic level because they were just watching it. So they just got like a month-long movie experience, really. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And I think it really lends itself well to that. I think it really just shows how strong it is. um, Gotta love Metal Gear. From that perspective. Brad, we appreciate you coming on the show, man. Um, Definitely was a fun time. We enjoyed talking to you. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks again. Yeah, thank you so much. Loved it. I don't get to speak to anyone about Metal Gear a lot of the time. Most of my friends haven't played it, so I'll be back next week. Yeah. <laughs> you got to fix that. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, if you want to plug where people can find your stuff online and watch you do your streams and stuff, you can go ahead with that. Yeah, I um, I stream every day. It's killing me. Huh? I'm kidding. Um, on uh, <laughs> twitch.tv forward slash Brad Woto. Um, on Twitter, I'm Buff Woto because some little shit got Brad Woto. So I'm Buff Woto uh. over there. And uh, screw that guy. Uh, yeah, I found him. Don't worry, he's uh, he's gone now. Good. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you were interested in the D and D content, um, then uh, I have another Twitch channel called called Table Story. One word: twitch.tv forward slash Table Story. Or you can go to tablestory.tv, um, and that's not just me 
there's a bunch of Twitch stars and creators and uh, it's co-run by a couple of my friends and I and we put on content on there quite often. There's D&D and other systems as well. We've got like a Harry Potter one. There's a, a Horizon Zero Dawn one going. There's some uh, custom stuff. It's crazy good. I'm really proud of it. And it's way better than my actual stream, so that's why I'm plugging that more. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I saw um, you do a Symphony of the Night run with fucking like a Captain America run yeah. just using the shield. So I don't know. I think your, your streams are that's pretty That's the first time so. I've ever oh played Castlevania. Like uh, people... <laughs> oh, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> it was just a shield. I, I am not kidding He's about good, how man. poor I was uh, when I was younger. So I really am kind of using this time being like a full-time Twitch streamer to play all these old games. And that's what we do. So if you do see my Twitch channel, we... Um, the, the, there's a huge list that the chat votes on and then I play the next game and m- many of the games in there are games that I never got to play when I was younger or you know at points in my life so I'm catching up on things like Mass Effect and things like that um, and and one of them was my first ever Castlevania game and I went, I went into it and I only had like a shield and I was like punching this thing and everyone was like dude equip a sword and I'm crazy I have an authority problem. And I was like, no, I'm going to beat this game with just the shield and punching. And I did. I was so happy. Damn. Uh, it was... So I take down a couple of bosses with just the shield yeah. and punching. I was like, holy shit, this is nuts. Yeah, I did use some items though. Yeah. It's kind of hard. All right, buddy. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me on. I yeah. had a lot of fun. Thanks again for coming on, man. You're welcome. Yeah, man. Good time. <laughs>